Hi, I'm Carson Benowitz Fredericks, Research Manager at Alcohol Justice, and welcome to Alcohol Justice on Tap, conversations with alcohol industry watchdogs and activists. On Sunday, February 7th, around 100 million people will be tuning into the Super Bowl. Among those will be 10 to 15 million viewers under the age of 18. For over 30 years, the Super Bowl has been a bonanza for alcohol advertisers. This also makes it ground zero for creating the desire to drink among youth. Fortunately, many public health advocates are helping youth fight back against Big Alcohol's effort at indoctrination. Today we're speaking with Jean-Philippe Dorval, Advocacy and Public Policy Liaison at the Prevention Action Alliance in Columbus, Ohio, about the Big Bowl Vote, a unique 10-year-old program to give teachers and students tools to counter the persuasive beer ads seen during the Super Bowl. I had the chance to, to uh, connect via Zoom with Jean-Philippe Dorval, the Advocacy and Public Policy Liaison for the Prevention Action Alliance, and really dig into uh, their activities and especially the Big Bowl vote. So, uh, JP, thank you so much for, for sitting down with us. Oh, thanks for the invite. I appreciate it, Carson. So just to start off, can you just tell us a little bit about the uh, Prevention Action Alliance and the Big Bowl vote? Yeah. Um, so Prevention Action Alliance, um, we're a 501c3 uh, nonprofit located in Columbus, Ohio. Um, we're dedicated to leading healthy communities in the prevention of substance misuse and the promotion of mental health wellness. Um, we have a couple networks under our Prevention Action Alliance umbrella. Uh, we do a little uh, technical assistance with coalitions throughout the state. We give out funding, we have training opportunities. So we pretty much do it all uh, for prevention in the state of Ohio. Terrific. So yeah. the, the, the big bowl vote, that's, that's just one of your, one of your projects. Yeah, just one of our projects. We do it every year. Um, and it really came about because I think about 10 years ago, um, we realized that we didn't really have a lot of good data on how these alcohol ads impacted our youth throughout the country. Um, this isn't only an Ohio, uh, state issue, but it's a, it's a nationwide issue. Um, and with a hundred, with a hundred million plus people watching the Super Bowl every year, we wanted uh, to create an opportunity to collect that data and really hear from the youth to see, you know, what do they remember um, and really what has an impact, a long lasting impact with them. Um, so the way that it works is we create a Google form. We have a list of email contacts throughout the country, uh, high school, you know, principals, teachers, different coalitions throughout the country. And we send it out to the same email list, which grows every year. Um, and then we get feedback and we tabulate that feedback um, to see, okay, you know, A, did, are these kids watching the entire Super Bowl a quarter? Or are they just tuning in for the halftime show? Um, if they are watching the entire Super Bowl, which ad stuck out to them? Which ad was the funniest? Which ad was the saddest? Um, how many alcohol ads did they see? What, you know, what um, images from those ads really stuck with them? So it's a, it's a list of questions that they fill out. Um, and then we tabulate that data and we come out um, with information after the fact saying, okay, well, you know, this was the most liked ad. These were the things that the kids remembered. Um, and it just builds on, on a wealth of data that we've had over, over 10 years. So, um, it's a great endeavor that we take on. Absolutely. That, it's a, a way to really bring the conversation, uh, into the home. Right. Uh, so yeah. So, so why the Super Bowl specifically? Why, why did you decide that was what the, the event you would try to uh, hinge this, this project? Right. On? Right. Well, in the U.S., you know, when we think about big televised events, right, the Super Bowl is in that category. I mean, I think last year over 140 million people watched. 
Um, and it tends to be an event that you watch with your entire family, kids, extended family, you all get together, you sit in front of the TV to watch the big game. Um, and, and all, you know, industries understand the value of, you know, putting ads in front of a captive audience, but especially the alcohol industry, right? They have a very short, uh, specific period of time to market their product. And as a result, they use a bunch of different uh, scientific and marketing techniques to make sure that the colors that they use, the font, the imagery, the celebrities that they loop in and bring onto the screen, that they all have a lasting impact. Um, so what ends up happening is you have a series of very entertaining, funny commercials, sometimes sad commercials that really stick in the minds of everyone in the country. And the following day, you know, you look at your Good Morning America shows, your, your morning TV shows, we're ranking them. So, you know, adults aren't the only ones that these ads impact. Kids are watching the same, you know, game, the same ads, and it has an impact on them as well. So, you know, with the Super Bowl being such a family-friendly event when it comes to the sport of football, um, and with so many kids watching and being a captive audience and then talking about these ads the day after, the week after, in, in, in their schools with their colleagues, I mean, it, ha it had to be something that we started, you know, collecting data on given, you know, it's cultural importance in the U.S. Um, and so what, like, what, what have, have you tabulated some of the results? What are some of the, uh, uh, the preliminary uh, results been? Right. Well, you know, in, in years past, I know one thing that we saw, I think from last year's Super Bowl, um, was that you, when you have celebrities like Post Malone, you know, celebrities that cater to, to the younger youth, those are the ones that they remember. And those are the ads that they remember as opposed to the adults. They might not know who the newest singer is or who the newest TikTok star is. So those don't really resonate with them. Um, so what, we, what we've seen is, you know, these, these modes of communication um, that these alcohol industries use, they're using, you know, things that attract both, you know, older adults in your 30, 40, 50 year old range, and also things that attract your 20 year old your teens, um, and sometimes your your even the most the youngest you know youth in, in our population. Um, so really, they're they're uh, marketing to all ages is what is, is what we we've ended up seeing. That you know every year there's always a couple alcohol ads that stick in the mind of even our youngest because of their because they're funny or you know they, they see an image that that resonates with them. So that that's really we obviously the Super Bowl hasn't happened yet, but in years past that's what we've seen. And like, like very specifically, are there things that if you're watching an ad, you would see this is a red flag. This is this is aimed at kids. Right. Well, so really any, you know, whenever you bring up a celebrity, if they're a new celebrity, I mean, you know, Little Nas X, for example, is one that comes to mind. He hasn't been in an alcohol ad to my knowledge, but if someone were to bring him on and you compare, uh, you know, like the people listening to, you know, his popular songs, stuff like that tend to be of the younger age group. Younger, more hip celebrities tend to mark, market or attract more youth. Um, you have any, any um, like the, the Budweiser Knight, I think, is, is the, one, one of the images that they use, or, or thing, knights and medieval folks. And that also tends to uh, be something that kids remember. Um, so anything within the realm of fantasy, anything when it comes to you know, young hip celebrities, those tend to be the things that that kids remember and end up becoming red flags. Sure. Yeah. So if it, 
if if we don't have like celebrities, uh, you know, talking talking out against youth drinking, talking out against right, don't buy Budweiser. What what can we do for for counter marketing? What can we do to push back against this? Uh, right. So it, it it starts with a conversation, right? We need our youth to be having these conversations in the classroom with their teachers, with their colleagues. We need them to be having conversations with their parents so that they become more savvy consumers, right? These ads, you know, whether they know it or not are planting seeds, right? So that when they go into a, a store, when they're exposed to alcohol, they have an attraction to it. They might not know exactly where it comes from, but what ends up happening is uh, they end up remembering, oh, you know, there was a Budweiser night and, you know, this and that and the horse and this celebrity was I saw drinking, so it's cool. And they end up having attraction to it. But if you make them savvy to the marketing tools that are utilized to get their attention, then they can create a degree of separation. So there's like an initial thought that goes into play before they choose to engage um, in underage drinking or problem drinking or, or things of that nature. So it's really changing their approach to ads. Um, and obviously something that we all can do as organizations um, is call it out when we see it. If, if there's something that is especially pro, uh, problematic, um, call it out, send a letter to your elected officials, send a letter to um, your state partners. Um, I mean, that, that is a really good way to get good uh, policy changes that can help um, address the issues that we, we've seen in, in, in advertisements when, when the red flag pops up. Terrific. And what, and what kind of policy changes would you like to see? Uh, <laughs> so I, I know, you know, there, there's been a discussion about um, what does a, a healthy alcohol environment look like? Mm -hmm. um, and it, it's a bit of an oxymoron, right? Because alcohol in and of itself is not a, a healthy substance, right? You look at uh, how the tobacco marketing strategy has changed. We don't see those ads on TV anymore, right? Alcohol is, is a problematic substance. And there's responsible ways for them, for the industry to market their product. I know we as an organization, we don't believe that it is something that necessitates TV ads or social media ads. So I think, you know, even though that's an unpopular opinion, I think that's something that, you know, would make the environment better, definitely would be the removal of these TV ads and, and, and social media ads. So that's definitely a policy thing that, that we could push for. Yeah, absolutely. It's a, it's a, it's a big lift, but it's a big lift, but I mean, that's just, you know, being frank, that's, that's, that's a change that, that should probably happen. Um, and so thinking more on the, just on the, the small level, on the family level, right. Uh, besides participating in the big bowl vote, uh, what, what else do you think parents and educators can do, uh, during or after the Super Bowl? Uh, again, uh, and I don't want to sound like a broken record, but, you know, continue that conversation. I mean, the Super Bowl is not the only um, national sporting event where we see these ads come into play. I mean, March Madness, you think about the ads and not only for alcohol, but you think about gambling and stuff like that, too, um, and problem gaming. Um, I mean, these these marketing strategies are utilized in a lot of industries that sell an addictive product. Um so once you get at the crux of, okay, what strategies are these companies using to market to my child or, you know, from the youth perspective, what strategies, you know, catch my attention? Again, it creates that, that degree of separation, that second thought that can really help uh, make them uh, or help them make a better decision. So just continuing that conversation. Sure. Uh, 
And are, what, what other efforts is uh, Prevention Action Alliance engaging in that, that push back against ad exposure? So I know um, at the start of the pandemic, there was a uh, social media, not social media, um, a Saturday Night Live skit. Uh, I think they titled it Let, Let Kids Drink or something like that, where uh, the SNL cast, um, you know, the skit was, you know, as parents, now we have to take care of our kids. Everyone's, you know, doing school from home. Uh, it's stressing us out. So why don't we let kids drink, you know, quote unquote. And it was really problematic. And, you know, it they, they made it seem like, oh, you, you give kids alcohol, it makes them easier to take care of. And that was, that's a terrible, terrible message to send when people are experiencing an, in, an increase in behavioral health issues, increase in anxiety, depression, all of that because of the pandemic. So, you know, we sent a letter out to our General Assembly. We sent a letter out to our national partners, you know, saying, and we sent a letter to uh, SNL saying, hey, this is not something that we should be putting um, in front of anyone, really. I mean, it's a terrible, terrible message. And besides that, um, not necessarily advertising specific, but when it comes to the, the de deregulation of um, alcohol policies because of the pandemic, I know in Ohio, we played a significant role in, in getting some protections in place. Um, so for example, cocktails to go, unfortunately they made that permanent, but we were able to advocate for getting a food limit or a food requirement when you order it from a third party um, delivery source, um, having a drink limit in there uh, for how many uh, alcoholic drinks you can order per meal. Because before um, there was no limit and there was no requirement with food, so people could order um, as much alcohol as they want from a restaurant or bar and not have to, you know, have it with a food order or have a, a, a limit to that, which would lead to rampant underage drinking and, and problem drinking. So uh, we engage on the policy level. Um, and since we're a statewide agency, uh, we interact most with our state general assembly and obviously, you know, like I said before, calling it out when it happens. Great. Uh, do, do you guys have sort of big future plans? Is there... Uh, you know, well, the, the pandemic makes things tough. <laughs> so, and I feel like in, you know, prevention, we're always in a, a reactionary state when it comes to policy. Mm -hmm. uh, we're trying to be more proactive and introduce uh, policies to, uh, you know, help people live the healthiest lives they can. Um, so, you know, from a policy perspective, um, I know that we're, we're pushing for uh, signage in alcohol establishments establishments that warn about fetal alcohol spectrum disorder. Um, you know, if, if a mother is pregnant or planning to get pregnant and they, you know, drink alcohol, that can lead to health complications for that child. So getting language at the point of sale, because there is data that shows that that is an even more effective way of making sure that people make take a second look and, you know, make the right decision or the best decision. Um, and, you know, this is a, the big bull vote is going to be something that we continue to do every year. Um, so, you know, the more and more data we collect, the more and more people we have involved, um, you know, the better we can advocate for, you know, better marketing practices and, and accountability. So. Yeah. To go back to the big bowl vote, um, actually, it's a brief cut. Kane, you might actually want to rearrange this. This goes earlier. Uh, regardless, edit at what I just said. Um, can't, can anybody anybody nationwide participate in the yes. big bowl vote yes yeah yeah anyone nationwide can participate in the big bowl vote 
Um, and, you know, it's a Google form link. Um, it's pretty simple. We can definitely send that out um, throughout Call of Justice. You know, I'll, I'll make that link available to you all so that you, you guys can share it with your partners. But yeah, anyone um, of school age um, can participate. Fantastic. Yeah, Alcohol Justice will make that link available on the website, on the uh, Facebook and, and Twitter uh, feeds as well. So uh, keep an eye out for that. Cool. And for for thinking about the just individual kids who've been participating, have you gotten direct feedback from them? Have they told you uh, kind of how they? So we, we've gotten feedback from the teachers. Okay. Um, and the teachers say, you know, it really helps spark the discussion in their classrooms. And what they've seen is kids are starting to ask the right questions and starting to look at the ads differently, which is probably one of the most important things that that can come from, you know, an endeavor like the, like the Big Bowl vote. Um, so we've had we've had great feedback from teachers say, you know, our, our kids are more savvy now. They look at, uh, you know, alcohol ads, really all ads um, through a different lens. Um, and because of that, they are now less prone um, to becoming uh victims of, of, of poor ad practices um, and poor marketing practices. Um, and obviously you start at a young age, that conversation doesn't just stop. You know, as they get older, uh, their knowledge is only going to increase uh, their ability to analyze these ads and really, you know, create that degree of separation that I mentioned before only improves. Um, so that that's, you know, teachers have found it extremely helpful throughout the country. So, so thinking about, you know, going back to more local to more Ohio prevention, right? Thinking about the impact of alcohol advertising during during football events. Mm -hmm. Do the Browns finally being good again make this easier or harder for you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm assuming harder. I mean, uh, you know, I, Browns fans are, they're a unique diehard bunch. Um, so, I mean, if the Browns were to ever make it to a Super Bowl, I'm sure we're going to have to deal with increases in, in, in drinking <laughs> for this um, But, yeah, it's interesting. I mean, we'll see. We'll see. We don't, we don't have data on that. <laughs> but that's an interesting question for sure. Uh, and any other – so any other predictions for, for this year's game? Oh, man. Um, so, I, I will come out and say that I personally believe that that Tom Brady is the the goat, the greatest of all time when it comes to quarterbacks. That said, I don't like him <laughs> very much. I'm kind of in the boat with a lot of people where I, you know, I'm tired of seeing Brady as great as he is in the Super Bowl year and year again. Um, so I'm gonna have to go with uh, Patrick Mahomes on this one. I uh, he's young, you know. It's kind of the old school versus new school. Um, he's an exciting quarterback to watch. The things that he can do with the run and the way that he can throw on the run is, is, is amazing. And I, I love that team too. Um, so sorry, sorry, Tom, but I'll have to go with uh, Patrick on this one. Fantastic. Yeah. Uh, anything else you want to want to add in anything else you think we, we need to know? Um, no, I think, I think we about covered it. Uh, you know, I appreciate you guys giving us the space to talk about the big bull vote. I appreciate you all. Um, being willing to share the big bowl vote link. Um, if anyone has any uh, interest in looking up more information about PAA or Prevention Action Alliance, sorry, um, you can go to our website, which is www.preventionactionalliance.org. Um, and all the information should be on our uh, pages. So thank you. Fantastic. Thank you so much for your time. And uh, 
yeah, we'll uh, we'll try to get as many people uh, chiming in on the big bull vote as we can. Sounds good. Thanks, Carson. All right, have a great one. You've been listening to Alcohol Justice on Tap. Conversations with Alcohol Industry Watchdogs and Activists. I'm your host, Carson Benowitz Fredericks, Research Manager at Alcohol Justice. Thanks for being there, and please do share this podcast with anyone else you think may find it interesting.